You are now listening to The Sooner Surge. Clear out! Clear out! All right, everybody, welcome back to The Sooner Surge. Today, we've got a special guest joining us. You can hear him on the ref from 12 to 3 with Mike Steely and Tyler McComas, as well as finding him on OU Insider. It's the one and only Parker Soon. Parker, thanks so much, man, for taking time out of your crazy schedule, I'm sure, to join us. Absolutely, fellas. It is certainly a busy time, uh, possibly the busiest few days that I have had since the coaching search last November slash December, which was about the most hellish week of my life, all things considered. Super, <laughs> super entertaining, super fun to be a part of, especially once Brent Venables got off the tarmac, off the tarmac that following Sunday night. But, man, it has been a crazy couple days, no doubt. Portal Madness is in full swing, and OU is right in the thick of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get into Portal, I was going to ask you, you know, Sooner Surge, we created this basically high school students wanting to get involved in journalism at OU, very passionate about OU. And what's cool about having you on is you kind of lived it. I mean, you started at a very young age. So if you could just kind of tell us kind of how you got started and kind of how it's taken you to where you are now. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I don't get asked about this a whole heck of a lot. So I guess you'd have to go all the way back to the beginning. I was 14 years old. I was a freshman in high school. And I uh, just wanted to get involved in sports media anyway, anyhow. I uh, didn't really care if uh, I was making money or not. Just wanted to get on the scene. And so made some cold calls and sent some emails to a few folks on the uh, in the media landscape in my hometown of Omaha, Nebraska. Ended up landing essentially an audition with a local talk station. Uh, that was a variety format. It wasn't specific to sports, uh, but they did some sports coverage. We're looking to expand what they were doing a, a little bit. And so uh, I and a buddy went in, we did the audition, cut a tape, about 20 minutes of airtime. And they liked it enough that uh, they gave us a weekly segment. It was literally just one segment, 10 minutes a week on yeah. Radio is how I got started. That eventually turned into a half-hour weekly show, which became an hour-long weekly uh, show on the weekends on Saturdays. And so that was my first taste of sports media. As I got uh, deeper into high school and stayed on staff there at the station uh, over the next, I don't know, close to four years, um, ended up getting more involved with live production. Uh, would do play-by-play and color commentary for various high school broadcasts because uh, the station would oftentimes broadcast high school sports in the evenings. So I'd do that. Uh, I'd sit in the other. I'd sit in the studio on the other end and produce from the booth. At times, uh, I'd produce Iowa football broadcasts on Saturdays. Oh wow! Uh, during my junior and senior years of high school, so. Uh, that was how I got started. It was an affiliate of the Hawkeye Radio Network. So I remember long, long Saturday afternoons uh, because those Iowa broadcasts would last uh, from pregame to the end of postgame at least eight hours, sometimes longer uh, if the game went into overtime or ran long. So uh, that was the extent of my experience in high school. Obviously got to college at the University of Oklahoma, pursued an undergrad degree in broadcast journalism, um, made the switch primarily from radio to TV uh, in college and became very heavily involved with the school newscast. Newscast was a couple of 
specific specifically sports oriented oriented programs, programs that they offer that they offer at the, uh, at the school of journalism. And so, uh, yeah, that, that was the next three and a half years of my life after I graduated high school was spent there in undergrad at OU. And then towards the end of my junior year of college, got the opportunity to jump in with Sports Illustrated. That was my first full-time job in sports media was the deputy, deputy editor for SI's Oklahoma page. And that was right at the beginning of COVID and really all that was happening uh, for the first four or five months of the pandemic was recruiting. And so uh, my boss at the time, John Hoover, essentially told me, he sat me down and said, hey, look, I need you to cover recruiting. I need you to get up to speed on everything. I need you to be the guy on this site for recruiting coverage. So that's what I did. Went out to the Elite 11 that June to cover Caleb Williams. Uh, He was the first recruit that I ever covered, which is cool now because we're just a few days away from him, maybe walking out of New York City with the Heisman Trophy. So it's been cool to watch his career unfold, even though it ended up ultimately leading him away from Oklahoma. But spent nine months at Sports Illustrated uh, and then received a job offer to come on board with the OU Insider team on the 24-7 Sports Network. And we are coming up on two years, about a week shy of two years with 24-7. So that is, in a few minutes, the entire summation arc of my professional journey. Uh, hey, Parker, this is Brody with the Sooner Shades. Um, great to hear you talk about how you got involved with it and everything. Um, and I just kind of wanted to transfer into the transfer portal as it's been crazy over the past couple of days, wild amount of people in the portal. And I just wanted to get uh, from you three guys out of the transfer portal who you think could be the most impactful players for next season. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say that looking at the guys that are currently in the portal, and this is going to change because there are some key targets. Uh, I shouldn't say key targets guys that I think will be key targets for Oklahoma that haven't entered the portal yet. So this is a very fluid conversation, but as things stand today, Wednesday, December 7th, I think the guys that you look at are a Deshaun McCullough, who's going to be visiting Oklahoma this weekend with his younger brother day of four-star safety in the class of 2023. But Deshaun McCullough is a guy that was one of the most impactful freshmen in America this past year at Indiana. That is a day one starter. I do not know that if you're recruiting for Brent Venable's cheetah position in the transfer portal right now, I think Deshaun McCullough is quite literally best case scenario. There is nobody else on the market, regardless of how realistic it is that OU lands them. I don't know if there is a player better suited nationwide that's available in the transfer portal right now that is better suited for that position than Deshaun McCullough. So uh, he's at the top of my list for Oklahoma. And then I think number two has to be Austin Stogner because we saw what Braden Willis did as the guy at the tight end position for OU in 2022. I think Stogner could have a very similar productive year in 2023 and perhaps even take it up a notch from what Willis was able to do in 22 because I think Willis is a tremendous blocker does all the little things so well so well-rounded and that's why he's going to be an NFL draft pick this offseason but Austin Stogner I would say all around is a better tight end than Braden Willis when he is fully healthy he just really hasn't had the chance to completely showcase his skill set to this point in his collegiate career because he's battled injuries. He had that bout with sepsis back in 2020. And then this past year at South Carolina, he was barely utilized. 
uh, used primarily as a blocker for the Gamecocks and only ended up catching 20 passes in 12 games. So Stogner is a guy that I fully believe would have a huge impact offensively for this program if he ends up back in the Crimson and Cream next fall. So you got McCullough, you got Stogner, and then hmm, where would I go from there? I would say next on the list, and I don't know how realistic this one is because this guy's going to have his pick of the litter as to where he ends up. But I am a huge fan of JoJo Earl. And I think him and Dorian Singer out of Arizona are the two wideouts that I like the best on the transfer market right now. And uh, Earl, after a couple of years in the system in Alabama, is in search of a new home. Singer, after uh, reeling in uh, 1,105 receiving yards this past year for Arizona, leading the Pac-12 in that category uh, to go along with six receiving touchdowns. Those are two guys that can be instant impact contributors at the receiver position for Oklahoma. And I don't think OU needs another receiver because I think especially if Marvin Mims runs it back, you have a lot of depth at that position. And I get much of it is unproven, but I really like where that wide receiver room stands right now for OU. I would probably put those two neck and neck for number three just because uh, if you can add an impact guy receiver, regardless of what your depth looks like, uh, you'll take that seven days a week. And that's why the Sooners have uh, pursued Singer. Uh, that's why I, I would expect that they'll pursue Earl, even though he hasn't formally announced no you offer yet. So uh, we'll see where things lead in that capacity. But there's a variety of guys uh, that could uh, slide into that conversation as well. Fred Davis, the defensive back out of Clemson. Uh, I think about JV on Cohen, the offensive lineman who's transferring from Alabama as well. There are a myriad of guys on this list that could be – instant impact players at Oklahoma. And again, this conversation is so fluid that if you ask me again in 48 hours, the answers may be completely different based on who else has entered into the portal at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, so I have a question. This is uh, Jackson. Uh, so I got to experience this guy play. Uh, so, have you heard anything about OU with uh, Braylon Presley? Is there any news there, anything we can look forward to? Yeah, so Braylon Presley obviously jumped in the portal a little bit more than 24 hours ago from Oklahoma State. He'll have four years of eligibility remaining. And look, I don't, I don't think I'm breaking any news to anybody when I say that if Braylon Presley could have picked where he went out of high school, he would have been an Oklahoma Center. He wanted that offer badly and thought he was going to get it. Lincoln Riley and the former staff at Oklahoma decided not to look his way because they already had a very similar player in Rayleigh Brown committed at OU. And obviously what ended up happening is Lincoln Riley left for USC, took Rayleigh Brown with him, and OU ended up up a creek without a paddle, in essence, because they got neither Brown nor Presley. But with Presley back on the market again, I would be very, very surprised uh, if there isn't some mutual interest there on the OU end. And I know when Braylon got in the portal, that was a desire that he immediately expressed to a lot of folks close to him is that, hey, look, I, I want to figure out if OU will take me, if there's a path for me to end up in Oklahoma sooner. And so right now I, I strongly favor Oklahoma to be the destination for Presley. There are plenty of other suitors in the mix. Uh, two that I know he has been in contact with already are Utah and TCU. But 
if that kid can be a Sooner, he'll be a Sooner. Just comes down to whether the new staff at Oklahoma is willing to extend that opportunity. And I firmly believe it'll happen and he will end up wearing the Crimson Cream. Yeah, I was going to ask Parker, this is Jeremy here. Uh, I was going to ask about, I know uh, Jackson Arnold is just so highly recruited, moved up to five-star. Uh, can you do a comparison maybe of who he reminds you uh, on the field and maybe also maybe talk about his attitude and leadership, maybe who he reminds you of? Oh, man, that's a great question. And I'm not trying to cop out at all, but I don't know if there is an exact comparison that I can make uh, or an apt parallel that I can draw between Jackson Arnold and uh, any quarterback that I've watched or covered. He's a little bit of a whole bunch of different guys thrown together into one complete package. And he is the complete package of the quarterback position, not just as a player, but as a leader. Uh, you interact with the guy off the field, and I've gotten to know him real well. Uh, he's such a stand-up dude. Very, very motivated, very outgoing, um, not in your face exuberant, but genuine and transparent and a guy that has a ton of respect among his peers. And you watch him play on the field. Uh, and this is not I'm not trying to make this comparison because I think it's almost too easy of a comparison to make. And it's probably well, it's definitely not a perfect comparison, but I think you see a lot of Baker Mayfield in the way that Jackson Arnold plays the quarterback position in that he plays scrappy, man. He's a hard-nosed football player willing to put life and limb on the line to make a play. And the confidence, man, the confidence is what always has stood out to me the most about Jackson Arnold. He's not the biggest guy. He's about six feet one. So uh, I, I – I interact with Jackson Arnold in person. We're standing eye to eye and he and I are virtually the exact same size. And, you know, if, if you pass the guy on the street, you would never guess that that's one of the top 10 high school football players in America, but he steps on the field, man, that is an alpha dog. That is a guy that is not intimidated and will not waver regardless of who he's up against. He firmly believes and conducts himself as if he is the best football player on the field. And oftentimes he is. He's a ton of fun to watch, and he will be a ton of fun to watch in the Crimson and Cream when his time comes to be the starting quarterback. Hey, Parker, this is Hunter Cornejo here, and you've covered a lot of high school football in your career uh, in Oklahoma as well as now this year with Jackson Arnold and Denton Geyer. Who are some of the players that you see weekly that make you think, wow, how has Oklahoma not offered these guys yet? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, uh, I have to think about that one for a second. I mean, in terms of guys that I've covered in years past, well, Braylon Presley was certainly at the top of that list. Uh, I could, I, every time I went out and watched Bixby, it was unfathomable to me that especially with how much Braylon Presley wanted to be a Sooner, that the staff wouldn't make room for him because he was that good and he is that good. In terms of guys that I've seen recently, I think number one, the guy that jumps to mind is 2024 three-star receiver Parker Livingstone down at Lovejoy High School. Um, that dude is a baller. About six foot three, has been clocked at an in-game speed north of 22 miles per hour. He Dang. is the complete package at the wide receiver position. Size, speed, quickness, just the overall athletic profile is intriguing to me. 
and every time I watch him on the football field, he's producing and he is making an impact in both the return game and as a receiver on offense for the Leopards. And his offer list is extensive. He's got some big time offers. And here's what I can tell you about that kid is if OU gets involved, they're going to be very, very tough to deny. I know that for a fact. It concerns me that Oklahoma has continued to kind of drag their feet in their pursuit of him because I think there's a very good chance that if they were to, if, if they offered him today, there's a very good chance he would end up being the first 2024 commit for Oklahoma. Uh, that's how much of a love he has for OU. And that's not a secret to anybody around him. They all know that, you know, if OU ever gets involved, it's, it's going to be OU's race to lose. Uh, also really good kid off the field, outstanding character, uh, handles his business like a pro. Uh, that is that is a guy that I would really, really like to see OU look at for their sake because if you're talking about players uh, that are going to be studs at the next level and that fit OU's culture, Livingstone is certainly one of those guys. So in terms of players that I have watched thus far this fall that do not have that OU offer, but in my evaluation should, uh, there's a large gap between him and the rest of the field in that capacity. Hey, hey Parker, what about Landon Sides? I haven't seen him play in person. I know the connection with Jackson Arnold, but um, I know he's, he's kind of underrated. Is he, um, is he getting many offers? Uh, yeah, so the thing with Landon Sides and probably why he hasn't blown up as much as he would have otherwise is because he didn't play varsity ball until the tail end of his junior year. So he didn't have a whole lot of varsity tape before this fall. And he has been outstanding this fall for Denton Geyer, has emerged as the go-to guy for Jackson Arnold and has been on the receiving end of so many long touchdown passes from Arnold thus far this season. And uh, he's certainly gained a cult following in OU circles. He committed to Incarnate Word very early on in the season. Uh, he picked up that offer and he jumped on it not long thereafter. And that was the reason why his offer sheet uh, isn't super extensive right now. If you go look at his player profile is because if any, you, you get any kid that emerges onto the scene that late, but commits that early, if that makes sense, um, or commits that early on in the process to which they're regarded as uh, a player worth recruiting, uh, most other schools are going to back off uh, with a guy like that. And what, what intrigues me about that situation as of late is that Incarnate Word just lost their head coach, G.J. Kinney, to Texas State. So sides commitment status is in limbo, as is the commitment status of every single player that's pledged to a program that loses their head coach. There's never a guarantee. And you've seen it with Colorado the last few days. There's never a guarantee that the next head coach is going to honor those commitments or be willing to take that player in place of another player that they were recruiting or had their eye on at their previous institution. Now, what I do know is that OU is working on a way to get land and sides to Norman. And it would be as a preferred walk on, but there would be, incentives with the NIL offerings that OU has laid out that would make the pot sweeter for Landon Sides if he were to jump on that opportunity to be a Sooner. That is something that Jackson Arnold wants. 
That is something the OU staff wants. It comes down to whether Landon Sides is going to want it. And I think the changing of the guard at Incarnate Word certainly helps the Sooners' case. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of players that are underrated uh, or possibly not, I would say by OU fans, players that aren't getting enough like uh, recognition, I would say that's the right word. Who would you say is two guys in this year's 2023 class that maybe we are that is being overlooked by OU fans? Mm. That's a great question. I, I am big on Heath Ozida's potential. And I think he's a guy that a whole lot of folks forget about just because he committed so quickly after receiving the offer back in June. So there wasn't a whole lot of hype around his recruitment. It was, oh, he's offered. Oh, five days later, boom, he's in the class. Uh, he also plays his high school ball up in Washington. So not as many eyes on him as there are on guys in uh, Oklahoma, Texas, the surrounding area, certainly. But I think Ozida is a guy that has the potential to be a multi-year starter at Oklahoma, and I'm excited to see how he develops under Bill Biedenboe. Uh, I, I will also go with Kendall Dolby, the senior, senior college commit right now, because that's a guy that not a lot of folks are going to talk about because, again, he's a junior college guy, and – Junior college guys aren't as conspicuous in the public eye as high school recruits these days, which is kind of backwards when you think about it, but that's, that's how it is. Uh, Kendall Dolby is a junior college All-American and a guy that could be a plug-and-play option for Oklahoma in the secondary next year. I am very high on him. You watch the tape. You see why he was so highly coveted this fall on the recruiting trail, and the fact that Oklahoma was able to lock him down uh, is going to end up being a boon for that secondary uh, in the next couple of years because – you think about it, and it's nothing new. It's not a secret. Junior college guys generally are more ready to transition to the collegiate level, to the FBS level, than high school players. And so Dolby is a guy that I think could play substantial snaps for Oklahoma next year uh, if he shows up to campus in Norman in January, earns his keep, and proves that he's deserving. Hey, Parker Hunter here again, and I'm a senior currently in high school. I've already been accepted into OU. I'm going to go for journalism and mass communications. And what was your, like, why did you choose OU being from Nebraska? And, like, what was your thing with going to OU? And now you've been so successful, so something went right with it. Well, I, I tell you what, I went to OU because they gave me the best scholarship out of high school. And that's as good a reason as any. Uh, and it also it, it made the uh, the decision a lot easier knowing that Oklahoma is as highly regarded of a journalism school as it is. And having the opportunity to study in a building that's literally a stone's throw from one of the most historic venues in college football, getting the opportunity to cover one of the elite blue blood programs in the college football landscape, uh, that really just made the deal all the more attractive in my eyes. So, yeah, that's how I ended up here. Uh, hey, Parker, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And I just wanted to ask, like, one final question before we get off. When yeah. do you take a vacation? <laughs> when do Not you November and December around here. <laughs> I Man, guess that's, that. that's, I'm trying to think the last time I took a vacation, like an actual vacation. 
I don't know that I've taken one in the uh, nearly three years that I've been in the profession full time. That day is coming. Don't get me wrong. I will find a window at some point <laughs> because there are certain days uh, where I just I, I feel like, man, I got it. I need to take a break from all this. I, so there are some days where I throw my phone to the opposite end of the room and I'm like, yeah, DJ Hicks's commitment date was one of those days. Uh -huh. I was just like, I can't deal with this right now. Um, I need to be away from everything. Um, because I, I, I already knew what I was in for when I logged into social media, when I got on the VIP board at OUinsider.com. So, I mean, there have been instances over the last few years where, uh, say I've, I've had my three best friends in the world have all gotten married over the last couple of years. And so, uh, I've taken a brief periods of time away to participate in their weddings and all the festivities, uh, surrounding them. But, yeah, for the most part in this profession, I don't know if you can ever truly take a vacation because in the technical sense, yeah, you can get away. Uh, you can go out of state for a few days and you can try to remove yourself from everything. But if that phone rings or uh, you get a text or you get a notification, you got to jump on it and you got to be ready to address whatever needs to be addressed, write whatever needs to be written. Um, talk about whatever needs to be talked about. So it just kind of comes with the territory. And it's one of those things that you get uh, acquainted to at a certain point. All right. Thank you so much for joining us again. Absolutely. Great folks. insight, Parker, as always. We really appreciate you, man. Never a problem. Y'all take care. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. you. You too. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Please make sure and you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Sooner Surge, uh, as well as go check out our articles on Sooners360.com. Great site, great info. Please subscribe to that. Uh, and just thanks for listening again. Leave us a review on our podcast. See you next time.